Hey, everybody. You guys excited to see what's next in music tech? Yeah, we got two or three woos. So yes, obviously, very interested. No, this is going to be awesome. I'm really excited. I've been doing these demo sessions for music tech for about two years now. And every time I'm just blown away by what we see, whether it's new types of performance materials, new ways to discover music, new ways to get educated about how to play music or break through in the industry. These are really the things that, you know, a few months later or a year later, you see these companies getting funded or building incredible products and really helping people. So it's great to have you guys here with us to check these things out first. I'm Josh Constein. I'm a writer for TechCrunch. Uh, I live in San Francisco. I've been writing for TechCrunch for two years. Before that, I did a cyber sociology master's degree at Stanford, figuring out how people interact over the internet. And so that's sort of my qualification to sit up here and talk with you guys for a few hours. But, uh, but yeah, but I've covered uh, music for the space and used to do everything from running radio stations and putting on concerts to managing bands. So I know the space pretty broadly. But the, the, the people we're going to have on stage today are really, truly experts in their spaces. And so first off, I want to call up Mike King from the the Berkeley School of Music, and he's going to tell us about Berkeley Online. So if you're wondering how to get better at music, but you don't have a lot of money to spend, Mike's going to help you out. So everyone, thank you. Please welcome Mike. Hey, everybody. So I have five minutes, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about two minutes of history and three minutes of the future. That's what I'm going to try to be doing. So uh, as Josh said, I work at Berkeley College of Music. Berkeley was founded in 1945. It's always been an entrepreneurial place. Berkeley was the first school to offer contemporary music education in 1945, and at the time, that education was in jazz, first school in the United States to do so, first school to have a bunch of different degrees and majors in areas that no one else had, including electronic music, guitar, film scoring, video game scoring. In 2003, we launched the online school, which is called Berkeley Online. That's where I work. The idea behind Berkeley Online is to take Berkeley's curriculum, Berkeley faculty members, adjust it slightly, put it online in a way that people around the world can have access to Berklee College of Music's curriculum. So all of our courses are accredited. They're very high touch point. And I teach there. And when I say high touch point, you have direct access to your instructors. I do a weekly live chat with video, audio, screen sharing. My students can email me. Um, They can text me if they want to talk to them on the phone. Super high touch point. And our curriculum is across the board. Everything that's at the physical school is available online for the most part. Music production, guitar, music business, etc. I've had a number of uh, high-profile students take our courses. Trey Anastasio, members of Train, members of uh, Dave Matthews Band, members of Nine Inch Nails. A lot of touring artists are taking our courses. So right now, we have two main offerings. We launched in 03 with online a la carte courses. They're 12-week-long courses, and in a way... It's kind of like unbundling, which was at, that was at Berkeley, and, and making it available as an a la carte option. It's been very successful for 10 years. Um, we have certificate programs, which are guided study paths. If you want to become an expert in Pro Tools, we've got a 12-course program you can study with us for three years and learn the ins and outs of Pro Tools, everything you want to know about Pro Tools. So currently we have two options. Um, what I'm here to talk about right now is option number three which has been in in the works for quite some time, uh, which is online bachelor degrees. So on Monday, we're going to open up applications for um, two different online bachelor degrees. One is an online bachelor degree in professional studies in music business, and the other is an online bachelor degree in professional studies in music production. Um, Like I said, years in the making um, in in getting these things together. Um, They're very robust. 40 courses um, are part of it. It's 120 credits, but... What I think is interesting um, and and could be interesting to this crew is that 
they're focused on adult learners, really. So we have three different options for transferring credits. Um, the first is, um, you know, up to 60 credits, if the courses aligned to what are in the degree programs can be transferred in. Half of an online bachelor degree can be transferred in from another college. Second thing um, is that we have prior learning experience. Um, so if you've worked in the industry, you've worked in a studio, you've worked at a label, etc., cetera, um, we could take that experience and transfer that into 30 credits. And the third thing is degree completion for Berkeley alumni. Um, if you went to Berkeley and didn't complete, uh, like, like many folks have, uh, you can now complete your degree online. Um, so it's somewhat monumental uh, for us. I think it would be helpful for the music industry. Um, so uh, like I said, they, they happen on October 7th. I, I see four benefits to this. Um, the first is that it's affordable. Um, online bachelor degree at Berkeley is $16,500 a year. Um, for four years, it's $58,000. Um, that's 60% of what it costs to uh, be at the physical college. Um, part of Berkeley's goal is to provide access to our education in a variety of different ways. So I teach direct-to-fan courses at, at Berkeley Music, and I talk often about um, variable products at variable price points. And you have the hardcore fans that get into something big here, and you have people that are curious about it. Um, so we've done work with... Uh, MOOCs, as an example, you may have heard that it's popular right now. We have courses with Coursera that are free. We have courses with edX coming that are going to be free. We've worked with BitTorrent. We have a YouTube channel. A lot of free stuff here. Middle of the road, we have the online courses, 12-week certificate programs. This online degree is kind of the high end of what we offer online. Um, we're going to be very selective in who, uh, who we have in here. So uh, the first uh, course start, degree start, I should say, we're only accepting 300 students, um, which is it's tiny. And um, we expect more than that, but we're really trying to make it very selective. Um, and then the final thing I'll say about this is that... So that's what, that's what we have happening. Uh, again, they start on Monday. Um, you can apply... Oh, I know what it was. Early acceptance. Um, so between October 7th and December 2nd, um, you can apply and get early acceptance into these online degree programs, which are going to launch in 2014. Um, so that's what I've got. I think there's a couple of minutes for questions. Yes. Yeah, please. Um, so is it as good as going to Berkeley in person? So it's a whole different deal. So um, like I was saying on that spectrum, you know, so we have the free option that's low touch point. You know, if you take a MOOC with Berkeley uh, through Coursera, you don't access the instructor at all. Uh, as you move kind of, I mean, maybe we could do it as a funnel, right? More interaction. Uh, bottom of the funnel would be the physical college. So the physical college has a lot more to offer, and it's probably why the, the cost, it is why the cost is a lot less, you know? So there's practice spaces, there's interaction um, that happens at the physical college that doesn't happen online. So it's just a, it's a different offering um, that Berkeley has. Yeah. When, when you say access the instructor, is that like over video chat, or how are they listening to you play? Like how, yeah. How does that happen? Um, we use WebEx right now, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's video, screen sharing, audio. Um, everybody logs in. I have students from around the world, so you know, we kind of schedule it for people that are in England or people that are in San Francisco. Um, and like I said, they can message me very directly. So it's a really highly interactive atmosphere. Cool. Any questions in the crowd? Yeah. Please wait for the mic. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Hey, Paul. Hey, how's it going? Good. Okay. I, I, can anyone afford that? Can anyone afford that? Yeah, yeah, I think people can afford that. Um, $16,500 a year for uh, an online degree program in music? 
I think so. So I, I, can, I can say this. Um, we have a pretty successful business right now offering certificate programs. At the, and what sells most in certificate programs are the highest level of certificate program, which is a master certificate program. Um, and right now, that could be $12,000. Um, so people are doing it. Um, people have a great experience with it. They tell other folks, and we have a lot of students coming through. Yeah, thank you. Great. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you. Great. Next, we have uh, Amir Tehran. The, he's the founder and CEO of Gigum. I think it's really actually really great, just thinking back to the Berkeley stuff. It, right now, we've seen such an explosion in online courses, but there hasn't really been... It's, it's causing this sort of rift where you either go to school in person or you have this sort of... Very different experience. That it, yeah, it's it's low touch is one way of putting it. But it's like you basically have no mentorship and you don't really have uh, real access to to instructors. So I'm hoping that it's not just music, the music industry, but other mu- industries will figure out how we can get somewhere somewhere in the middle where you can still feel like if you have a tr- problem, you can find the education, but it's not. This doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. So has anyone here done like an online music course or education program that they thought really worked? Well. One person. I hope it's not like everyone took one and you're the only one that thought it worked. <laughs> cool. So if you, if you have to be dragged to class to actually help, then, to actually do work, you're probably not going to want to stay at home and MOOC. But all right, yeah, cool. So Amir, take it away. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Amir Turan. I'm the founder and CEO of Kigam. Uh, and I'm here to present you a new way for musicians and industry professions to interact. I would like to start my demo with a little story. Once upon a time, there was a young drummer named Lars Ulrich. He was a real metalhead and was looking for other metalheads to form a band with. Is that, so, that Lars' little sister? Yeah, it's Lars. <laughs> really. So he posted an ad on a magazine called Recycler. Another young metalhead named James Hatfield saw that ad and answered it. The two met and decided to form a band. They called it Metallica. And as you all know, the rest is history. So... Let's take a look at the story from another perspective. What if James didn't see that ad that day? Or even if he did, what if James wasn't on the same page with Lars? Could Lars have easily found another James out there? In fact, Lars Alric and James Hatfield's union and their perfect fit was just pure luck. But what if they weren't that lucky? Well, then we all wouldn't be blessed with the greatest metal band ever. And maybe these guys would turn out to become ordinary guys. Ah, as a diehard Metallica fan myself, this thought has haunted me for a long time. Can you imagine how many Metallicas we may have missed because of a lack of connectability? Well, I'm here today to show you that we have eliminated that what-if question. We took the chance factor out of the equation and made sure that the Larses find the Jameses out there and they fit perfectly. How did we do it? We created a clever matchmaking platform called Gigam. Gigam is a matchmaking platform for musicians, bands, and industry professionals to meet and connect. They sign up, create their profiles, enter all their info regarding their musical background, punch in their skills, and boom, that's it. We instantly start matching them up with the most fitting others. Bands start getting suggestions for missing members. Musicians get suggestions for other musicians who they can form a band with. And all industry professionals like managers, labels, promoters, venues are presented with new talents to work with. And all this matchmaking happens in a way that's never been done before. How? Let me show you how. Let's say that I'm a band and we're looking for a lead guitarist. The first thing I need to do is to edit my profile and tell the system who we are and who we are looking for. 
So we already answered our location info. Let's continue with the others. Are we making, making music as a career? Yes, we are professionals. Are we a cover tribute band? No, we're an original band. How much live performance experience do we have? Well, we have more than 20 shows. And I can also enter all the other info regarding my musical background and band info. After this point comes the part to enter the genre information. So as you may have imagined, we are a metal band. So let's go with metal. While selecting your genres, you can also specify your subgenres and tell the system more detailed what kind of style you are making. And this also plays a big role in our matchmaking algorithms, too. And it's done. Okay. Now comes the last and the most important part, telling the system who we are looking for. As you can see, there are different instrument categories, and each contains different positions. But we're looking for a lead guitarist, so let's go with that. And it's done. So after this point, all we have to do is to sit back and wait for the suggestions to drop in. See, uh, the news of our search has already hit our bulletin. And uh, we already have an opportunity. Let's take a look. Well, it says that Emir Turan is looking for a band to join, and he seems like a good match for us. Let's check him out. Well, he seems on the same page with us. He plays the lead guitar. He's also making music as a career. And he seems experienced enough. But let's watch his video to see if he's any good. Yeah, that's enough of you shredding. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, All right, I'm just going to start asking yeah. you questions then. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm just about to finish. Right, okay, go. just one more minute, please. So, okay, as you have just witnessed, we have taken things a few notches up and made it work automatically for the users to find the most fitting others. And this matchmaking process works between all user types too. A musician is matched up with another musician, just the same way a band is matched up with its missing members. And all industry professionals are matched up with uh, new talents in the same way, too. And uh, we don't do this just based on their location. We go down deep. We analyze their genres. We analyze their dedication level. We analyze their experience level. We even created relationship maps between genres and instruments. We try to hit the bullseye for them and make sure that luck doesn't play a role in a musician's career anymore. So it's pretty it. Thanks cool. a lot. Hey, um, so how, the problem with a lot of peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces or things where people are trying to find each other is that is scale. You know, Craigslist is sort of the elephant in the room, and everyone is just on there, and it's really hard to, to get as many people as, say, are already yeah, on yeah. Craigslist looking for bands. So what's your growth strategy? Well, actually, as you said, it's really hard to you know, uh, gather the right community and the right people on the platform. But we are, we are on the way to you know, expand our user base to all the industrial professionals out there and expand to become a... Uh, big HR service like for entertainment music business. Uh, 
Are we going to add some new users? We're going to cover all the other users. So how do you for, add the users? Sorry? How do you sign up the new users? Uh, how do we sign? Like, are you guys advertising at venues? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we we making advertising at the moment, and we're going to make some direct marketing to the uh, venues and the promoters and labels and with artists. So we're also going to try to recruit some brand ambassadors for Google. Cool. And we'll try to create a uh, uh, word of mouth. Great. Cool. Thanks, Mary. Okay. okay. That was Gigum. Okay. Oh, if anybody's wondering, uh, it's finished? Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Cool. Well, next, we've got uh, Boris Selleck uh, from Jukli. One thing I would, I'd recommend, is especially basically with any software product, like you really want to nail one thing first before getting too expansive in like the feature set. So like you have the ability to meet you know professionals in the industry and fans and things like that. And like you may want to just do it as laser focused on band members finding band members at first, and then maybe expand into that so that people will know exactly what they're doing on the site. Oh, okay. Okay, go. Cool. All right, Bora, tell us what's up. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Bora Celik. I'm the co-founder of Jukli. Another Turkish guy, and another matchmaking situation going on a little bit different. What are the chances <laughs> at a music conference? Uh, one minute, I'll tell you about myself, the background, and why we're doing Jukli, and I'll show you the app that we're making. Um, I'm an engineer and a concert promoter, and another unlikely combination. Um, I started doing events about 10 years ago. Started really small. Fast forward five years, I had done already 100 shows, uh, big festivals with DJ Tiesto, Cascade, uh, focus on electronic music a lot. Uh, I was doing everything by myself. I was booking, paying for the artists, promoting the shows. Um, to a point, I, I was taking care of, I was babysitting Tommy Lee's kids with uh, you know, Pamela Anderson and protecting Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy, his girlfriend from the guys from hitting on her and stuff like that. So um, my main motivation was, how do I not lose money? Uh, you know, I was making good money as an engineer, so I could afford to lose money, but, you know, that's why I kept going for a while. So I did a lot of my shows in Hartford, Connecticut. I did some in Miami, some in uh, New York, and some in uh, Amsterdam. And the interesting thing was, in Connecticut it was very difficult to promote the shows based on artist popularity because Hartford is Dave Matthews' land and nobody knows the DJs that I was booking. So I had to find other ways to get people excited. I had to find other ways uh, to get uh, you know, people out to shows. So my biggest learning is what led to Jukli, and that is once you get a group going, everything falls into place. So the social experience, being able to uh, get a group of people together is how I achieved success as a promoter, and that's basically what Jukli is. It's a matchmaker for concerts and friends, and um, I was able to convince Kickstarter's lead designer, he was employee number three, uh, to join me as a co-founder, and we're working on the app now. So like, uh, when you sign up with Jukli, you connect your music services. We have about 10 different sources uh, that you connect, and we learn what you're listening to, and we learn what your friends are listening to at the same time. Okay, so then uh, this results in a lot of big data for us to process that we make uh, very highly personalized recommendations to you and your group of friends. Clap your hands, say tomorrow. So what you see on this screen is very, very interesting, actually. It's a very simple screen. It shows me which of my friends like clap your hands, say yeah. It shows me which of my friends might like it based on some of the other stuff they're listening to. I can hit them up. 
And it also shows me which of my friends' friends like it, so I can hit them up as well. So this is where we're kind of pushing the envelope, where it could be maybe creepy, but it's kind of cool right now so far. So like, if I hit up Richard, you know, or Ben, it's gonna say Rami's friend Bora is interested in going to this show. Would you be interested? So this is what we want to be the best at: being able to get this group together and get the conversation started that can lead to getting these people out. Also, we make deals. Miami Horror tomorrow with the promoters and the venues. So Miami Horror, I'm a huge fan.、Um, I want to see who's going, and I want to go to the show. I want to hit them up, and then when I'm ready, we already have an arrangement with this venue. We have our credit card on file. I can simply purchase and go to the event. So、um, it's a very simple app. So I don't have much more to show you. It it really relies on not you using the app, but we send these recommendations based on what you and your friends are listening to.、Uh, so that's what Jukli is. So how do you how do you differ from Will Call, which is sort of like a, a big <laughs> a big player in the space? Yeah, so、um, there are a bunch of concert apps. So we're set out to be the world's best social experience around live music. We like what those guys are doing. Actually,、uh, you know, we、uh, beautiful design, beautiful experience as well. Our main focus is the social experience part of it, not the being able to purchase tickets in the app. That's like a nice,、uh, you know. I always think of it like this: as a promoter, for instance. Um, I will work with Jukli. I will work with Will Call. I want to work with anybody who will bring people to my show. So that's an important thing. So there's a line from the discovery of the show to the purchase. So what Jukli focuses on is all the way to the beginning of the line, which is being able to discover stuff based on what you're interested in. And we also find out a lot of people let their tickets go to waste because they sometimes their friends bail on them. They can't find people to go with. If you're in a new city. You don't know anybody. Like, how do you get connected with like one? So, like, that's a very unique technology that nobody is really doing right now. If the focus is on、uh, the social experience and not the ticket purchasing experience, how do you make money? Well, so Facebook doesn't say our focus is on ads, right? So their focus is on really the social networking part of it. You're a Facebook expert, so there are different ways to make money. So like, ticketing, of course, but we don't sell ourselves to the consumer as you know. Uh, you know, ticketing is boring, right? Listings is boring. So we want to do very interesting things.、Um, there are other ways. We work with the promoters. There's such a thing called sub-promoter model. You know, people can't sell out their tickets. Twenty-four billion dollars is left on the table every year because half of the concert tickets go unsold.、Mm-hmm. So then these promoters are always looking for sub-promoters to bring people to their show. We work with Live Nation. We work with other promoters. They all like they couldn't sell out Oland show at Gramercy Theater. And we come into the picture because we know Oland's fans, and you know who are、uh, the Jukli members, who are also likely to enjoy Oland. We send them push notifications and emails. We notify them, and you know there, there's a way to monetize、uh, this kind of opportunity as well. Cool. Yeah, I think the, the, most of the time the ticketing and music apps like this are, have a niche enough audience that going for the like grow really big and then monetize later can be really tough.、Mm-hmm. But I think that the idea of you guys doing pulling in all the music data that you can get your hands on and using、mm-hmm. that to make intelligent recommendations, sort of platform agnostic recommendations platform,、mm-hmm. is, is really cool. So thank you for showing us. Thank you. Cheers、yeah. together for Jukli. So we've got Matt Gudinski、uh, from Mushroom Group coming up next.
So yeah, if you guys haven't checked out, there's some really awesome concert ticketing apps that are sort of proliferating right now. One that I really like is called Will Call, and it's sort of really easy to design, a curated set of uh, shows that you can go and check out. On your, it's all mobile-based, and when you buy tickets, it notifies your friends so that they come join in and sort of snowballs into this whole group of people going to see the show. Uh, another really good one is called Applause, and it goes really wide. It's got everything from like theater and club nights and a, a very wide range of events. Uh, so you, should, you guys should check those out if you're ever bored on a Tuesday, Thursday, any night. But yeah, at the same time, it's like I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of music apps come up, and the ones that are getting later stage funding and getting out of the seed round stage are really finding a way to to monetize relatively quickly. Because unfortunately, the music industry, as as much as we all love it, just not everybody in the country is as passionate or willing to spend as much money on music. And so, unless you're actually the core provider of the music itself, if you're not the license holder, the way that like Spotify is, building an app on top of Spotify can be really difficult to monetize. But I think if uh, but there's plenty of mu- there's plenty of money out there because there's lots of bands who really need exposure and want to sell more tickets and merchandise. So I think there's a way to do it. It's just build planning to grow first and monetize later can be a sketchy route. Cool, cool. Let's check out what you got, Matt. Thanks for everyone's time today. Basically, uh, I'm from Australia. I work at a company called the Mushroom Group. We are a record label, touring business, and management company. And I identified the need for how hard it was to keep up to date with not only the artists that we work with, but the artists that I love as a music fan. So, therefore, came Purifier. Basically, Purifier is a content dashboard for music content consumption, which helps music fans keep up to date with their favourite artists and sources all in one place, as well as discover new content and artists through our intuitive recommendation system. With so much music content and so many different sources distributing the content these days, along with fans liking, more <clears throat> fans liking more artists than ever before, everyone is finding it very hard to keep up to date with the artists that they love. Purifier aggregates content from thousands of sources. Currently we have 23,000 active sources, and basically including the biggest industry sites, media outlets, social networks, digital providers, and pretty much any music service you can think of. With Purifier, we let music find you. As everyone would be aware, and after listening to a couple of the panels this morning, a key discussion point at the moment is music discovery and how people are discovering music these days. Uh, As everyone in this room would know, the main source of music discovery is peer-to-peer influence, and with Purifier, that is what we're driving driving the most. Basically, you know, if you're... the, The best recommendations come from the people closest to you, and we still feel at the moment... You know, while a lot of people are sharing music data through Facebook and Twitter, there's not a specialist music community where you can share this data. And with Purify, we create a music-focused social destination. Basically, how the site works is you go on there and you, can, you follow the, your favourite artists and sources, sources being Pitchfork, Billboard, Facebook, YouTube, all those different providers, and we bring all that content directly to you either through our web platform or our app. Um, I'll show you... The, the site will be launching later this month along with the version one of the app as well. We have a few basic screenshots to show you, which I'll quickly run through now. Um, as you can see here, it's quite a s- slick and clean design. Um, down, the, down, down the left-hand side is your navigation toolbar where you have your feed, the content you like to bookmark, uh, the trending artists 
um, upcoming events from the artists you follow and also your profile, as well as the lists of the artists and sources you're following. As you can see, I'm following 90 different artists and 33 different sources. Now, I don't know about anyone in this room, but I would never have time in my day to visit 33 different sources and, and look at the content on those sources. So with Purifier, it simply brings the content that you want directly to you. Um, the next screen I'll show you as well, the most exciting thing about Purify is you never need to leave the Purify platform. Whenever you click on any piece of content through our feed, it simply opens up direct, directly within our site within a light box, and that goes for YouTube videos, Facebook interactions, Twitter posts, SoundCloud, articles from Billboard, Pitch, Pitchfork, and all the like. As I just mentioned, we'll be launching version one of our mobile app on October 24, and the, and the website will also be going live on October 24. The, the whole goal with Purifier is, like I said, to create a global music sharing community and a one-stop destination for music fans to keep up to date with the content and the artists they love, which right now is very, very hard. Cool. So uh, does anyone from the audience have questions? Um, so how do you guys make money? Well, as again, coming from a music industry background and managing artists and running a label, uh, marketing is very inefficient, as everybody, uh, everybody would know. It's still, even with Facebook advertising and a lot of other new advertising mediums, it's very hard to connect with like-minded fans of artists that you work with or fans of your artists. Through Purifier, we're giving uh, labels, touring businesses and other music industry companies an opportunity to connect directly with artists that we know that, uh, that we know will like what they're advertising. And I guess through uh, our, our recommendation system, that, that's how we'll be looking to generate revenue. But so the, like sponsored placement? Yeah, but the, I mean, following from what you said before, I mean, it's, uh, the initial plan is to, is to develop quite a large music sharing community and then look at how we're going to monetize that, whether it be through event recommendations, ticket purchasing, iTunes, rec uh, iTunes referral income, and a lot of different sources such as that. Do you think that like Twitter music and Twitter, Facebook, uh, Hipset, things like that are, are insufficient for, for keeping up with artists? I think it's because it's not music focused, it's very hard to keep up to date with artists through Facebook and Twitter. Uh, using Facebook, obviously a lot of, uh, you, you miss a lot of content on there and I feel uh, music fans really want a space just to share and uh, interact with music. And at the moment, through, through Twitter and Facebook, I don't feel that those services are offering that. So we hope with Purify that we can create a social destination, not only for new artist discovery and content discovery, but for peer-to-peer -peer recommendation and, um, and interaction. Cool. Any crowd questions? Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks. Cheers. Well, worst case scenario, you can always sell your URL to Britta. <laughs> So now we got uh, Matt Ermey from uh, Artist Growth. Oh, do we not? Oh, oh, sorry, we have Ari Evans from Less Than Three. I'm just dyslexic. Uh, anybody have any favorite places that they're using to discover music that they think are kind of under the radar right now? I'm personally still a huge fan of Hype Machine. I know it's like seven years later, but it, it really works. Like for one artist or in general? Thanks. Uh, that was a crazy thing. This is, so I spoke with the CEO of Pledge Music yesterday, Benji Rogers. So he was telling me that the model is that people finance artists. So um, great artists come to the table, 
60 different people finance it. It's kind of like this super specialized Kickstarter idea. Mm -hmm. So what he found is that all these people represent a certain type of, of person. And they would stick around to finance the next group. And not only that, they started making recommendations about who they wanted to finance. So they might go, oh, yeah, you know, we want the yeah, yeah, yeahs. We want to, like, finance uh, some crazy video or something like that. So, so it was really an interesting, like, hyper-discovery Totally, yeah. I think we're, we're seeing this whole new wave of digital patronage uh, apps coming out. So actually, Copper is one that presented at SF Demo, Music Tech Demos last, uh, last time. They're really cool. They allow, allow uh, fans to just tip artists directly right on their website, just sort of like leave them money on their site. Um, and another really cool one is called Patreon by Jack Conti, uh, who is actually speaking here today. Uh, and it lets fans pledge, say, like a dollar every time their favorite artist puts out, you know, a new song or a new EP. And that, you know, that money stacks up. So now, like, you know, an artist could have $5,000 come in every time they put out a new song and suddenly they don't have to worry about making rent or working as a barista. They can do it full time even though they don't have a record label or they're not selling the music directly. So I think there's, there's a lot to be done in that. I actually have a South by Southwest talk that hopefully we'll go through that's going to be looking at that. So if you go to South by, check that out. Um, cool. So Matt Army, or Ari Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so hey everyone, I'm Ari. I'm the CEO of Less Than Three. Uh, we're a live platform company, and we're creating real-time shared experiences around content. So you might wonder what that means. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to show you what that means by jumping straight into product. So what you see here, uh, our first major client was Ultra Music Festival. They're the second biggest festival in the U.S., one of the biggest electronic music brands, which is kind of sweeping over. They're actually an international brand. One of the interesting things I thought that Gail was talking about was this notion of brands growing in this global economy and how important that is. It's definitely a big goal for Ultra. And the way that they're going to do that is by creating these engaging, immersive experiences for their fan base to participate. It's got to look and feel like the brand, which is why what you're looking at here is actually a white-label solution. It looks and feels like Ultra. It lives on their website. They're in control of it. And what we're going to do here, I'm actually going to control the experience right in front of you and create something special. And to give you a sense of why this is so important, Ultra had 165,000 attendees in person. They had over 10 million unique streams. So at the point where 90% of your visitorship is virtual, you got to start thinking more about, well, what is that experience going to be? How are you going to move past just a simple video on a white page? Which I won't mention who that is, but there's a number of competitors who are doing that kind of thing. So I'm going to be manipulating this experience using an admin panel that you can't see, but it's easy to learn. It'll probably take you five minutes. It's just a bunch of little toggles to turn things on and off. And if you wanted to, you could open up a laptop and go to this website, and all of these changes would be pushed directly to you, much in the same way that broadcast television has worked for over a decade. Oh, whoops. Your identity. Whoops. Um, <laughs> Sudden invasion of the Transformers. Right. So the first thing we're going to do in here is we're going to throw in a countdown timer and a chat. And for Ultra, we did this an hour before the event started. It's a way to get people, you know, capture the energy of your early attendees. And it was already buzzing with activity before the event even began. Now, for the purposes of this demo, let's say I don't want to wait another 45 seconds. I can just say, play the video right now for everybody. And this is where, presumably, the live stream would be, which is not streaming on that screen. There we go. So, so that you guys don't get distracted, I'm just going to stop this, but that's where the live stream would be. Similarly, I can switch videos. I can switch video services. For example, if you wanted to play your live feed and then play a commercial, right now in the real world, you need extra hardware to do that, and it's complicated. 
Here, you have a virtual switch. So you can just say, hey, I'm going to stream that commercial now. And on the subject of commercials and sponsorship, which is increasingly picking up in live events, here's a way that we can show Heineken some love, which is a full-page integrated skin into this environment. The nice, thing, whoops, the nice thing about it is that it's not dominating the overall experience, which is really important for festival brands out there. So you show them some love, get their activation dollars, and then you go back to the Ultra Skin. And you can do that with as many partners as you want. So I'm going to throw in a few other things in here. I'm going to throw in a lineup widget, which is showing what times people are going to perform today. And this actually can be manipulated on the fly, which actually came in handy because live events, festivals are very disorganized and people are swapping around all the time. Um, and then I can also pull in some live tweets down here with a certain hashtag. Uh, let's say that the first day of my festival is over and now I want to have a slideshow of images. All of a sudden, my website is now a recap website for that day's event. So as you can see here, we've created this really rich library of components that can be used to really breathe life into your digital event and create something truly unique here. <clears throat> so as far as the interaction and participation, we've seen pretty good results, like 5 to 10% with Ultra, and several other different festivals we're working with. We're anticipating seeing the same things. We're going to be introducing a lot more mechanics. But as we started to do this for festivals, we started to think, well, hey, these live experiences we're creating around live events, well, what if we did something similar around any kind of content? Think about how you release an album or a new music video or even a radio show. You know, these are pieces of content that have already been created. But what if you reimagine the way that you distribute them instead of just blasting them on your social media channels, you created a live synchronous event and you get that social currency from being the first one to experience it with everyone. And so now I want to show you another uh, small demo which is built for radio show. And you're going to kind of see how these, uh, whoops, uh, man, this mouse is really tricky to navigate from over there. So th these shows are set to start at a certain time, but I'm just going to set this one to start in 45 seconds. So what you're going to see here is kind of a reimagination of a radio show. This is a pre-recorded piece of content, so we know when things happen. We know when the certain songs are playing. We know certain times when the artist is going to talk about their merch and when the tour is coming up and these sorts of things. And instead of having an audio feed with no click-through, we actually bring that, those certain kinds of click-throughs and activities into the experience and then wrap all these social media channels in it as well. So now you've created this really immersive, interactive experience that actually drives the metrics you want to drive and the conversions you want along the traditional revenue streams that you already have. So here we go. So this is kind of like the... Oh, and there's a little SF Music Tech shout-out here at the beginning. But So this is kind of like the intro to the show. And uh, as I said, a lot of stuff is kind of pre-scheduled to happen, so a lot of these messages are in there from the beginning. You're listening to kind of the, the beginning of the show. And remember, this is a, an audio feed, and we're augmenting it with kind of like visualizers and things like that to make it more of a live visual experience. So <clears throat> in a few seconds, once we get past this little like intro audio segment, we're going to start going into some of the features. And I'm also going to do some stuff on the fly, just in the interest of time, so you can see what is possible in this experience. So here we go. First feature, we actually tell you what song is playing while you're listening to the song. And this song has a really long title to it, but when it's done, we're going to drop album artwork on the left side. And that actually is a click-through to Beatport or iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you want to send your fan base. Yeah, it's a really, really long title. But here we go. So if I click this, I'd be taken through to Beatport, wherever I want to send my fans. So that's like one thing off the bat. You're driving track sales in a way that was never really before possible. So in a couple seconds, we're going to switch visuals to a different set of visuals for the next track. But in the meantime, I'm going to turn on something called the Twitter Storm, 
which is kind of like what it sounds like. It's a, a bunch of pop-up video style tweets that are actually coming up inside of the show. And there's something really nice about having your fan's voice actually here instead of living in its own siloed channel. So I'm going to turn that off and I'm going to turn off something similar but built for Instagram, which is a really similar concept. It's actually pulling Instagram live and pulling shots that are using a certain hashtag and pulling them into the show. And again, just like taking that fan-generated content, content and using it to grow your brand because showing how strongly your fans are affiliated with you is a really strong way to show other fans that they probably want to build that same level of affinity with you. So I'm going to take that away and I'm going to turn on something called the Tour Widget, which is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's a way for you to, uh, it's, it's a way for you to actually sell your tickets to your shows, to your upcoming gig directly through this experience. So increase conversions for those things. And then finally, last thing I want to show you guys is the ability to like directly message your fans on the fly. So for example, I'll just turn this on. So I'm going to put in a message, hi everyone. Or I could message an individual person or, you know, elements like that to actually me message your fans directly while these experiences are going on. So there's something, about, there's something nice about that direct-to-fan messaging that's possible. So now you've seen kind of two different products that work all in the same underlying infrastructure. And what we're doing next is we're just really preparing this to scale up. You know, we've already worked with a number of major festivals, a number of big artists in the electronic music space. We have a big reputation as a company, as a blog, one of the leading electronic music blogs. Um, so the future is just getting this ready for a self-service product, which is going to hit in about January. And then we'll see what people end up doing with this tool and how they uh, create new content distribution through it. Awesome. I love this. I think this is brilliant. Yeah, I think right now we're seeing these live streams where it's like people are losing a lot of their live stream brand because they're just directing people to YouTube, which is not really optimized for this sort of overall branding experience. And you can't run those kind of full page ads, really make sponsorship money, drive the click throughs that you want, or really have that full screen experience where it's not just video, but lots of other stuff going on. Um, what's, what's the pricing model like? Uh, so... We do a subscription-based fee and a setup fee. So for a festival like Ultra, they may be paying like you know thirty grand or something like that, all in all, um, and that seems to be coming in cheap still. So we might be hiking that up a bit. Uh, for a normal for a normal artist who might want to have like a radio show, it'd probably be like you know twenty dollars a month, something like that, in that range to create that kind of immersive experience. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, you guys came out of Stardex at Stanford, right? Yeah, we came out of Stardex. And were you guys originally like a you guys were like a music collection sharing program? You guys pivot into this? Uh, yeah, we just started as a blog with no business model, no anything. We cool. just wanted to expose great talent, and then this became the next step of moving the industry forward. Awesome. Well, I think you struck upon something that's going to be really useful for a lot of people. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, give it up for this. This is awesome. Lesson three. Cool. Next, we got Matt Ermey from Artist Growth. Yeah, I think that we're there's there's this giant shift going on right now, in my opinion, from the material culture to the experience culture. Where basically, because we've digitized a lot of the possessions like music and photos that we used to really care about, we now have these devices to capture experiences. We have social networks to share these experiences, and just sort of a general enlightening of the populace that 
you know, you don't, when you're on your deathbed, you don't end up saying like all those things I could have owned. It's like all the things I could have done. And so I think we're really going to be seeing a big shift in, uh, and increased spend from both the consumers and from businesses on promoting uh, and attending live events. So I think that's a huge business. While there's a lot of people who are really loving the music discovery space, I've just have not seen a lot of success there, but service-based stuff in the touring and live event space, I think is really blowing up right now. So cool. So let's check out what you got, Matt. Cool. So, uh, quick background on on me and artist growth. I was a touring artist for a long time, independent most of the time. Um, towards the end of it, I started working with a team, uh, which is what led to the creation of our initial product, which was essentially just a, an iPhone app, uh, which was a really small, basic product that was intended for people like me to manage things on the road, all the logistical stuff, nothing connecting to their fans. Um, so we put that into the market as a free app last year. Uh, quickly recognized um, two things. One, we needed to get control of our product and build it, develop it ourselves, and be able to iterate constantly. Um, so we hired some developers. And two, um, there was a larger opportunity than just um, providing an iPhone app to independent musicians. So we built a completely new pr- platform from scratch, launched it in March of this year, which is what you're seeing here. Um, it's kind of a shift. You get your mind completely away from music marketing. Uh, and technology that interfaces with the consumer market. This is all back-end, this is all business, this is all management stuff. So um, it's not quite as sexy as some of the other stuff um, in terms of the data. It's all data management, um, but the interface is is great, and we've experienced a lot of success since we launched it. I'll give you a quick walkthrough just so you have context on uh, exactly what the system is. This is the dashboard where you kind of get a high-level view of Revenues, expenses, year-to-date net, upcoming shows, maps. Um, you'll see in this sort of activity wall where it, it works half like a Facebook feed, half like a where you can comment and post with your team. It's all closed circuit. Or you get little automated things that says, you know, we pulled in something from BMI or a show from Bands in Town for you, et cetera. So you can sort of see things as the system is working. The heartbeat of, of the platform and the operating system is the schedule. Um, our clients which are independent artists, but also largely management companies, uh, use us to manage the schedule, all the event data, and um, sync with the other companies that they work with. Um, Essentially, you know, this is the routing calendar, so a six-month view. You can see which shows were imported from Bands in Town or or sent to Bands in Town from our system. You can look at it in several different ways. You can use things like subscription links to send a feed to iCal or Google Cal or Outlook, Uh, if you want people getting feeds from the calendar but not actually logging into the system. It's all permission-based, so you can deny people access to certain kinds of data. Um, When you actually click into an event, this is where you get into the more nitty-gritty details, uh, where you have the event details, day sheet, um, pretty advanced finances section with ticket scaling, all your contacts, travel details. We have an integration with BMI, so for all our BMI clients who, who are affiliated with them, we automate the process of live performance royalty submission, so our system will grab the venue information and the playlist. We import your registered works catalog from BMI's database, and then you build playlists, and then we ship it all off when you close the gig at the end of the night. Guest lists, files, etc. cetera. Um, tasking system, internal task assignment with your team. Um, it's pretty simple project management, straightforward. Inventory management. Um, Finances. So this is where you sort of your journal, your ledger, where you're where you're tracking your finances and your revenues and expenses, and you're able to filter and, and analyze that. And all of this, as you close shows, as you settle shows, as you're entering in revenues and expenses, um, filters into the report center, where you're able to sort of run analysis on how your business is performing. Um, 
again, most of our clients are management companies. The opportunity we saw was to get uh, managers and their rosters off of things like Excel and FileMaker that they were using to sort of manage the day-to-day logistics since their their clients, their artist products were, were in the cloud and were being engaged with mobily. Um, we sort of went to them and said, let's get your business uh, and the logistics stuff in that same place so you can sort of plug into the consumer-facing technologies and track what's happening faster and more effectively. Um, we just made the system or pieces of the system available to smaller businesses uh, as, a free, as a free system today. Um, made an announcement about some of, our, some of our clients that we haven't ever really announced yet. Um, so you can read about all that on Hypebot or other, you know, sort of billboard.biz or something. Um, where we're headed, what we're about is, is streamlining the back end. You know, so for some of our management company clients, we... We port data from uh, their booking agency, you know, William Morris, CAA, into the system, or we send it back. And so it's all about data portability. Um, we're big believers in that. And also kind of helping on other areas than just um, technology. So one example of that is we did a deal with a Nashville company called Sound Healthcare that now includes all artist growth users, whether they're at an agency or independent, as part of their network, and they'll go and negotiate lower uh, health insurance rates for those people. And so we're talking to several other companies, hotels, et cetera, to try to bring costs down, cost of business down for artists and their teams. Um, so in, in five minutes, and really quickly, that's what we do. Um, Is there anything you don't do? <laughs> <laughs> we don't sell music to fans. Uh, we, we partner with companies that do that. Um, we don't aggregate big data. So I'm not plugging into every API on the Internet for social networks and piping that data in. There's companies that do that very, very well already. Um, so we talk to them, and for our clients who want data piped in f- through their API or from their service, we'll pipe that in and give it to them uh, so they can look at their analytics from the social graph inside of our system. Um, our system that we built, we build technology that houses proprietary data of the individual artist or the management company, and then we interface with their partners to make sure that they can get it all in one dashboard. What are most managers using now, or like before artist growth? Uh, anything from Google Calendar to Google Docs to Excel, the FileMaker Pro, um, pretty, you know, even within one organization, it changes from manager to manager, and I think that's a big part of our success is that people running these companies see a way to centralize their business data and be able to analyze it faster in real time. What do you think about Reverb Nation? Like, they seem like they have a a pretty well, uh, you know, well-fleshed-out suite as well. Yeah, I think Reverb Nation is cool. They offer a lot of, uh, you know, consumer market-facing products with their widgets and their sales. They do digital distribution. I think it's great service for an independent artist. I used it when I was touring. Um, I think there's somebody who's, as he was saying on his panel, whereas their artists sort of graduate into higher levels of their career, this would be a system that, that they can merge to. And again, so we'll, we'll partner with anybody uh, who is serving the same people that, that we serve. Um, we think about, talk about all of our um, artists as clients. We don't talk about users. We don't look at it that way. We're very much a client services company, and so that's sort of built into our ethos. And, um, and because of that, we have a lot of partners and not a lot of competition. Cool. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Questions? Artist growth. Thanks. If you want to get really dead serious about your band management. Cool. Um, next, we're going to have Noel Lee from Monster. Or head monster? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hello. Come on. I got 
a few really like cool things to show you, but but I also want to uh, give you the benefit of the kind of things we do at Monster that how might benefit uh, all of you as companies out there, musicians, startups. But at the end of this talk, you're going to see an amazing new technological innovation that we just announced two days ago at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Things amazing. Innovators, raise your hands. Innovators, innovators, innovators. Okay, that's cool. You know what I've learned from uh, talking last time and also at some of the uh, uh, bloggers and tech conferences here, that there's such a wealth of information at the Bay Area that uh, you know we didn't even know about, and so I'm really glad to meet all of you. So let, let me just start out with uh, um, uh, startups and people who've been around for a long time. So you know, I love, and I remembered in the day uh, when I was a startup, okay, and uh, we're 35 years next year. 35 years of Monster, right here. Uh, started in San Francisco Bay Area. Let's. How about a little recognition for that one? So over the 35 years, we've had to reinvent ourselves many times, and I'm gonna. I'm proud to say that we've, through all the businesses that we've uh, had and been known for, we've always been number one, and one of our. Uh, mantras is always lead and never follow, R really speaking to the concept of uh, innovation. Uh, you know, but innovation is not really, uh, um, doesn't happen all the time, okay? And the right innovation at the uh, wrong time is no good, you know? Uh, if you don't have a proper innovation, uh, you know, you're going to be uh, um, taken over by uh, competitors. So uh, I found that in the last uh, couple of years, it's been uh, really cutthroat, especially in the consumer electronics business uh, and uh, the phone business. You know, when that, I remember when Nokia was number one. Okay? I remember when HTC was the innovation company in Taiwan. Uh, it was only two years ago, by the way, okay, that uh, they were innovating, creating, they had a lead in the marketplace, in the Android marketplace, and now they're hanging on by a thread. And I remember when Apple was alone in the phone world, world you know, with that big lead. And so we looked at things that switch position, things that you say, you know, that should be stable. <laughs> Monster should be stable. I, I, I look myself in the morning and I says, you know what? You're not stable. Because as good as you think you're doing, there's somebody chasing you. And today, consumers are fickle. Uh, innovation time is uh, in, you know, kind of like microseconds. And there's always somebody chasing you, and consumers don't care. Okay. They don't have the loyalties to brand that they used to. And those that have loyalties to brands or uh, those brands who have created that loyalty, it's really hard to keep and hold on to them. Startups, this is the best time you're ever going to have in whole, your whole career. Okay, Because starting it up is where it's exciting, where it's fresh, and it's all new. And you got uh, uh, you know, stars in your eyes, and uh, you're going to achieve uh, your, your goals. You're going to please your investors, and you're going to create the next Google, next band page. Uh, those of you who've been around for a long time say, "Oh shit, what do I do now?" You know, I've already had a success, and that's our boat. You know, what do we do now? And how do we keep on the edge of creation? And I'm going to say between the two groups. It's harder to stay in the business than it is to get there in the first place. Now, some of you may not agree with that. It says, wow, look at these companies that are just like uh, 
Um, you know, they really made it. But wait five years from now, see if they're still there. And if you look at uh, uh, good to great, um, in search of excellence, you know, of the 27 companies, there's only four still left. Okay, wow, what happened to those companies? What happened to Circuit City, by the way? Hey, what happened to the good guys, by the way? You know, the ultimates, the tweeters. Hey, what happened to Best Buy? So, uh, don't feel secure. Okay, those of you who have been around for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. You know, we fight every day, every morning. We're fighting harder, as hard as the innovators, the startups, are fighting to get your market share. So, uh, my advice to all of us is never be full of yourself. Never think you've got there. Never feel you've been a success because that success is boom. Celebrate for a day and go out and find your next invention. Again, find your next innovation. And we've had to do that. We were a monster cable. Then we became monster power with power centers. Then we became monster screen clean and uh, accessories for Apple uh, and tablets, which is a big part of our business. And then we reinvented ourselves again with headphones. And that those of you in the music business want to hear your work with the highest quality and highest resolution, you have to, you have, to have a headphone, not as just uh, something to listen to music on, but something that's a tool. Okay, and this is uh, kind of our latest invention. If you were here last uh, time I was here, uh, you'll see a lot of this is called the Monster DNA. You know, it's a super high-resolution uh, headphone with something we call pure monster sound. All right, so enough of promotion of that. Any questions on this part so far? You with me? Yeah. Are we all going to succeed and stay there? No, I don't, I don't feel it. Are we all going to succeed and we're going to stay there? Come on. Yeah. Okay, give it a hand. Give it a hand. I feel energy. Okay, because every day you got to fight for it. Every day you got to feel that energy. Then doing 35 years, I'm still up here talking to you with some energy. So um, would you like to see my latest innovation? Yeah. Uh, for, for music professionals and for uh, uh, music folk, I'm going to uh, invite my uh, sci scientists up here. And this is uh, Mr. Robin. Give a hand for Robin. And uh, we're doing... Uh, uh, a double, get it then so they can see the speaker too. Okay, so, uh, you know, we're, a, I, I'd say, a mild engineering company. Uh, we're a pretty good marketing company. And those of you who want to talk about marketing, what it takes to market a great invention, uh, we're experts at that because we've lost a hell of a lot of money, you know, trying to find uh, that magic formula. And uh, uh, things have changed there, and we're still struggling with uh, some of that, but we've had some really phenomenal successes. So, um, uh, and a product, a good product, uh, I'm an engineer. You know what engineers think and technologists think? Build it and they will come. Okay, and we all know you can build it and they won't come unless you market it. Okay, so everybody's done nodding yes. So we'll, we'll talk about marketing maybe at the, uh, phase two. Okay, so uh, Robin? My name is Robin Lee with the Monster Platform Development Team. And we are here to show you Monster's latest innovation for the music industry. Monster has always been an innovator. Our motto is always lead, never follow. Especially in the audiophile world. Why? Because 
the music matters. Monster realized that five years ago, we can change the world by showing them how to listen to music. With partnerships with big brands that you have heard of, we have innovated how and why people will listen to a music in a high resolution way. And we continue to do so with products such as the DNA. But Monster got to thinking, not just about how to listen to music, but Monster want to create a new way to create, perform, and share music, not just for the professionals, but for the future generation alike. So let me tell you a little story about the history of music technology. Think back to the 1960s and 70s and even the 80s. We call this the evolution of sound. DJs and music producers were bogged down by heavy equipment, turntables, mixers. Then we have evolved in the late 80s and 90s to CD mixers and CDJs. We thought we evolved, oh my gosh, look at us now. And then the MP3 market boomed. And you have digital production equipment. You have Serato, Tractor, Ableton. And we think we have evolved completely. Now we have tablet technology, smartphones. Your whole console is in your hand. The world wants to go portable. We have digital technology, but music technology is not portable enough. Sure, we have apps, but they don't resonate with the professionals as much as they should. We have tablets, but the sound quality isn't there. And with pure monster sound, the sound has to be of the highest quality, impeccable. You want to hear the dynamics, the clarity, the definition. So Monster came out with a new invention with their partner engineers across the seas. It's been with me the whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, the Monster Go DJ. Can I, hear, can I get a round of applause for the new innovation? Don't let the size fool you. Just like supercars, they are small, but the engine is powerful. The world's first and only truly portable and standalone DJ controller and music production studio. How does this compare to competition such as, well, I won't say it, it rhymes with Ferrado and rhymes with Hector. This does more. We have what we call pure monster sound. For example, iOS devices output at approximately 89 decibels. This is 100 decibels. It has all the jacks that you need. No more laptops, SD card memory and internal memory. And we have innovated another function called monster intelligent stream technology. Those of us on the inside call it IntelliStream. We also have monster live remix technology. Monster auto DJ technology, which is one of the best in the world now. But rather than just talk about it, why don't I show you what this little bad boy can do? Big monsters come in little packages, as you know. So would you like to hear a demonstration of the new monster innovation? I don't think you want to party. Do you really want to party and hear the new monster demonstration, ladies and gentlemen? Monster Mini Jack, because Monster Cables mean quality. <laughs> and my Monster Clarity HDs. 
I have my digital turntables on both sides, touchscreen and analog sensibility. Real musicians need analog. You want to be able to control your music without even looking at it. You want my new control. But we also want touchscreen technology because platter technology, analog technology, granted it's still good, but touchscreen is faster and better and the future generation, kids want touchscreen, musicians want touchscreen also. Equalizer, MPC samplers with multiple functions, synthesizer with multiple sounds, a sequencer. Now what we did was we got $6,000 worth of equipment and put it in your hands. What I'm going to do is let's pick a random uh, hip-hop song. Mr. Lee introduced us to Usher while we were in Atlanta, so let's pick some Usher. some synthesizer action. We got all the crazy sounds that kids like today. <laughs> Simple enough, but why don't we add a beat to it? This is what you call a sequencer. You can use both sides of the screen, but I'm just going to show you just one side because we don't want to get too advanced on you. The sequencer is how you create a beat. It's been very complicated for the younger generation to become producers, performers, if your eight-year-old wants to learn how to DJ or produce, how do you explain that to him? Do you even know how to produce a beat? But now with the touch of a button and the touch of a screen. I don't know what I'm doing, but it still sounds good. But what if you have a different style? Oh my gosh, I feel so moved. The positive way for the future generation to spend their time, but it doesn't end there. Monster always takes it a step further. Again, we always lead and never follow. We have one of the best BPM analysis algorithms out there. So why don't I play the current hip-hop track that I'm playing and make it my monster style. Think of this as your Excalibur, your Excelsior. When you wield this, your personal monster is unleashed. 
hip-hop is now dance, real-time. You want effects? Simple. Touch and turn. Again, touch and turn. Touch, turn. That's amazing right there. More than what the competition can do. But Monster always wants to take it even further. So what we call auto DJ technology. And now I'm sure you've been to the, a party or a club and it's what we call a train wreck. You're dancing to the groove and all of a sudden the beat, the DJ doesn't know what they're doing, they're just trying to look good. And the beat isn't synced properly and auto files hate that. So. We create an auto DJ technology where you can customize how and when you'll mix. Some DJs are out of a job now, but that's not our fault. We have empowered the youth. So I'm just going to go turn on auto DJ. Simple. And just so you can hear the difference, let's play some electronic music. It's touchscreen, but I, I'm old school. I like the analog feel. Let's pick a random song. Come on, come on, come on. Watch the lights. All I do is press, play. That's a special effects mix, like a backspin. But what other mixing technology do we have? Let's listen to the beat and watch the light. Perfect mix. Faded for you, levels match, special effects added. What I like to do is I like to connect this to my car stereo with my monster sound and just roll. The party is where you are. The concept is this. Where's the DJ? Where's the producer? Oh, I'm sorry. The monster is here. I'm, I'm sorry. A tenth of the weight, a tenth of the cost, a tenth of the volume, but 200% of the functionality. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Does anybody have a smartphone here? Nobody Isn't that here. a silly question? <laughs> so who has a smartphone with music on it? Anybody? Please, sir, come up. It's, I feel like a magician. Surprise, please come up and pick a track for me on your phone. When we were in IFA and we introduced this to the IFA world, some, someone came up with polka. Another person came up with, I think it was Nigerian music. It was, it was a great experience to share music and show them what the technology can do. So again, a monster headphone cable, simple. Nice phone. My best. 5S. Well, he's on top the tech summit. What do you expect? I'm just going to connect it into a line in and tell the Go DJ, go to line in. Please just play loud. Volume up. There you go. Ah, Daft Punk, one of the monsters as well. If you ever come to Monster Headquarters, please come by. We have great pictures of Daft Punk, good friends of Mr. Lee, because we're worldwide. Now the streaming part, that's not impressive. While it's streaming, 
How about looping? Live remix technology is applicable. Beyond seal, but of course. Let's make this into hip hop. My style. things could you actually go on YouTube we actually use this as a karaoke machine at times we connect it to our tablets our monster tablet and we connect a microphone and we put the effects on echo and you, of course you can record fully here and we just record a karaoke session and we let you listen to what your voice sounds like some people don't like it but some people are like oh my gosh my monster voice is awesome <laughs> but yes you can record connect your microphone here doesn't matter if you have a cheap microphone because you can pick an option to make a condenser or dynamic real time. We want to bring the studio to where you are, from the professional traveling on the plane jet set to the high school student traveling on the train to class. And with monster technology, is this Super Mario, the theme? Please look up Super Mario Brothers theme. This is one of my favorite things to do. It's a little trick that we learned. Uh, High school students with Monster Music Link technology, they can connect all their headphones together. And not soon you're going to see this in students' hands, and you're just going to see a whole bunch of kids bobbing their heads to silence, wondering what's going on, but they're in their own Monster universe. We call that the Music Link. Some people call it the silent party. Technology. You want it portable now and customized. Perfect. So let's do have some. As you can see, your style, anytime, anywhere, any place. Some of someone did the South Top Gun soundtrack. We did Mr. Lee's favorite jazz tracks, and we remixed them and we recorded them live. So, the new technology is here, and you're wondering, how about the price? We've seen the technology, but as he said, if you build it, they might come. But if you build it and market it, they'll be there. 
Thank you very much. A round of applause. What's your name? Josh. DJ Josh. DJ Josh Easy. Now, we uh, of course we said we have six thousand dollars worth of equipment in here, and we could have sold it. It's a monster product, so you know it's not cheap. You get what you pay for: the highest quality audio, the highest quality functionality. So we could have easily sold it for three thousand dollars. It's too much. Two thousand, maybe one thousand. Now you're pushing it. That's too cheap. But then the head monster was thinking, you know what? I want the future generation to have access to this power. We need to continue the power of music. So instead of $6,000, how about $599? This is how we will change the world. So again, five years ago, Monster changed the world. 35 years ago, Monster changed the way that we listen to music. Five years ago, Monster changed the way we listen to music anywhere we are with headphone technology. But now, we have changed the way we create, share, and perform music. So, I have to get going to my next gig. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of being stopped at the airport because they're like, actually I was stopped by a German customs agent saying, what is that? They pulled their guns on us. They just wanted to stop us to see this new technology and take pictures for their Facebook page. <laughs> they recognize what it is right away. And other DJs, there is a cyber war going online right now saying that's too small, that's a toy. And we invite the DJs to come check it out personally. And as soon as they touch it, they're like, oh my gosh, this is real. Yes, it is. And you should talk to Swiss Beats, a partner and influencer at Monster. He has a gold one, of course, because he's baller like that. And he will tell you this is the wave of the future. So if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at rlee, L-E-E, -E, no relation, rlee at monsterproducts.com, and we will answer any technology-related questions that you have. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. All right, Robin, thank you, thank you. I got that for you. All right, we'll be downstairs. Robin will bring his uh, little toy downstairs, and uh, he is my droid. Okay, Robin, thank you. All right, give it up for Robin once again. Thank you. Cool. Thanks to Monster for that concert. Um, and just to quickly recap the companies that we saw earlier today, we had Mike King with Berkeley Online, so you can get a cheaper music education. Emir Turin from Gigum, so you can find bandmates. Uh, Boris Selleck with Jukli, so you can discover great new music using your existing tastes. Um, we got Ari Evans from Less Than Three, which I, I'm really into. You guys got to check out Less Than Three uh, for helping bands and, uh, and musicians and events uh, do live streaming with a pimped out page that really can sell extra tickets, uh, get take sponsorships and make more money. Uh, Matt Ermey with Artist Growth, which is helping band managers to do a lot better job with some really serious software tools. And then, of course, Noel Lee. So we're going to be having a hackathon downstairs, but I want to thank you guys for coming out and checking out the demo sessions. I'm Josh Constein from TechCrunch. And... Feel free to hit me up on, at, at Josh Constein uh, on Twitter if you want to pitch me or if you have some cool news to share or anything. Um, but yeah, thanks again, and thanks again to SF Music Tech. <laughs>